there is a level of selfishness that you've got to wrestle with when it comes to choosing a career path and choosing a life calling that is so closely knit to something that you enjoy so much. You're listening to the NCMU podcast, where we are dedicated to raising up and equipping the next generation of nerd culture missionaries. In this episode, I am joined by Jared from Video Game Ministries. We talk through calling and the process of actually working in local esports and how that can be a source of not only ministry, but also revenue for people who are considering going into streaming or content creation full time. Really excited for this conversation with Jared. I really think that you're going to get a lot out of it. So with no further ado, here is your host, me, for episode seven of the NCMU podcast. Hello and welcome back to the NCMU podcast where we are dedicated to helping raise up and equip the next generation of nerd culture missionaries. My name is Mark from outside of Pittsburgh, PA, and I'm the lead pastor of Lux Digital Church. And with me today, I have Jared, who is the leader of Video Game Ministries, and we're going to be joined up chatting a little bit about uh, what he's doing and how he got into what he's doing. Um, so, Jared, welcome to the show. Really appreciate you being w- willing to come on. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely, man. Really, really glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, Jared, you know, what we try to do when we kick off any one of these episodes is help people get to know uh, the person that we have on the show. And I think a lot of the people who've listened to the show up to this point, right, not to say that you aren't known amongst whatever circles, but I think in the circle that I've run with thus far, um, you are one of the guys who I just haven't had a chance to meet yet, right? You came in uh, to our Nerd Culture Ministry Collective through St. Bear's, one of the leaders. And so I've been anxious to meet you and get to know you a little bit. But this will also give me an opportunity. So give us like, uh, give us the rundown. Like, tell us a little about yourself. Help us to get to know you. Help us to get to know kind of, uh, you know, your experience in ministry, a little bit of what brought you to what you're doing today. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Jared. I, uh, my wife, Katie, is in the other room somewhere with uh, two daughters under two. Uh, we just had a, uh, we just had another baby girl uh july 1st so we're we're a busy household wow. over here at the stewards uh we're down in south florida man. yeah thank you i appreciate that we're down here in uh south florida so for a while i was uh i was on staff at uh, christ fellowship church down here and in a couple of different roles really focusing on the next generation in a lot of my roles so there was a um there was a there was a time and it was actually before the the pandemic because that was a huge shift for me but it was before the pandemic that I was getting getting my feet wet in student ministry and uh, really, really trying to understand my students. Like, what what makes my students tick? What do they like? Uh, and how can I meet them where they are? And uh, realized that they like Fortnite. And my brother had as, just As entered, all kids did. As, as all kids yeah, as all teenagers did at that point, right? You know, V bucks were being traded back and forth like, uh, like drugs inside of school, right? You know, the, the... yeah. Jerry, let me ask you this: How old are you? I'm 32 years old. Okay, so it's 35. We both have the memories, probably, of Pokemon cards getting confiscated in like middle school. Correct? They're like... all right here. You can okay. You... <laughs> yeah, I I can show them. you them. Wait, where am I? There we go. They're all right here. My original okay. Charizard's back there. My Shadowless Ooh. Venusaur. It's all there. 
I, I have a, a story for another day, but I have the saddest story on what happened to my Pokemon cards as a child. But I feel like my point was, I feel like teenagers nowadays, right? It was the V bucks that they were, tra- they were oh, trading back the, and forth the, in school, getting confiscated. And ultimately, so the, the amount of money that was just pouring into Epic Games in North Carolina, like just unbelievable. I'm pretty sure they revitalized Charlotte. Like just, I think that's where they are. Um, anyway, so it was like this. Um, I, I, I decided my brother introduced me to Fortnite. I played on my phone at first and this was before the big saga with Apple. Right. So I had, was able to play on my iPhone and, uh, I, I logged in and I played with some of my students and these are like, granted, these are students that, you know, I had some one-on-one time with, we went to the park and skateboarded. We, you know, these were good students. I put them on platform. They led a game. Like this, this is, this is what I'm talking about. Jump on Fortnite. And uh, what I heard through my game comms, I was I was shocked. And I'm like, <laughs> what, what what I'm like, I, I just remember looking or not looking at them, but like, what are you doing? You do know that you are playing with Pastor Jared, your student pastor at your church, right? Like, I'm not some phony. I know my, that my screen name is Darth Mornar, but that doesn't mean that I'm not Jared Stewart, right? And I was just shocked. These are people I put on platform and I gave a microphone for goodness sake. And 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 I was like, what in the world? So this, this is what happened. This was a huge, huge shift for me. I realized, all right, I got to understand what's going on. So my brother sent me a video, uh, a Fortnite video from Ninja, right? Ninja, who was just, I, he's massive, but he was just so big at that time. Sure, I mean, he was like the celebrity, you know, Super Bowl commercials. Jimmy uh, Fallon you know, and all the... All the stuff. Sure. All the stuff. And and I listened to one video and it, you know, him playing with Tim and Nick and all these people. And it and it clicked. I said, I heard what they were saying. And I, wa- I looked at his view count and I looked at his sub count and I looked at all of that. And I realized, oh, who has more influence in this equation? Is it Jared who, sure, our ministry, like our biggest night was 112 people, you know, average around 60, 70 ish, you know, in our height. Great. You know, so my view count in a sense was 70, 80 sometimes when we took to YouTube, the sermon that I got to share happened to be 2000 views, right? So I'm like, oh yeah, you know, Mr. Big Shot. But then when I realized when it comes to influence and what matters to uh, this next generation, it's it's a view count, it's a sub count. And when I looked at myself, I was like, oh, I got nothing compared to Ninja. You know, Tyler Blevins is doing it, right? So it makes sense why they talk the way that they talk and why they say what they say. Mm-hmm. And that's what really opened the door for me to say, man, there needs to be so many more people who are seeing that problem and looking to fill that need. Right. And that ends up being one of the ways that I live my life. See a need, fill a need. If I see a need, then I find a way to hold myself accountable to that need so that I can go and fill it. And um, and that's really where this whole thing started. So I'd say that was like the biggest call spiritual moment for me is just recognizing the need in some of the students that I just I love and care for. Hmm. You know, what's really interesting is the the origination of Lux had a, had a very similar story in the fact that I was watching Ninja um, in that sort of that era, that Haida era when he was playing daily with Tim Tim and uh, with Lupo. Dr. Lupo. Courage, yeah. And uh, I said to myself one day, I said, these three people, 
or any one of them individually have more influence over the coming generations than any pastor on the planet. Um, and they're able to ship their worldview out 40 to 50 hours a week and then to watch sort of the slow but sure sort of deterioration of specifically Tyler's morals on camera um, as he became more and more popular. Because I followed Ninja when he was a PUBG streamer and oh. he was streaming to a couple hundred people from his bedroom, right? And, you know, his bed was in the background of the shot. And before he moved, before he blew up, before he had, you know, the, the, I, I, you know, what the shot heard around the world, right? The day that he had like X amount of kills in one game of Fortnite and absolutely blew up afterwards. Right. And, uh, and I just said to myself, I was like, okay, well, if this person can have this type of influence, it's vital. It is vital that the church and that has some sort of voice in this space, right? Right now we have none and there are hundreds of thousands. And as it turns out, I didn't realize this hundreds of millions of people who are coming to this place with genuine questions about faith, life, worldview, things that the church actually answers and offers answers to from the scriptures, but they're not receiving any of those answers from this space. They're receiving a very different message. So it's so interesting that I, like I saw that, but you actually had firsthand experience with it where you're saying, cause I was out of youth ministry at the time. Right. Like I had been out for a couple of years. I was a discipleship pastor at the time at the same church, yada, yada, yada. So, okay. I want to backtrack just a little bit. So you started off in youth ministry. Are you in youth ministry still? Uh, ish. Yes. Sure. Okay. Yeah. As much as we're all still in youth ministry, Bingo. once you've been a youth pastor, always a youth pastor. Um, then my next question is what is, uh, what, what, what youth group game went the worst for you during your time in youth ministry? Like a game that just went horribly bad. <laughs> all of them. I, all of them. <laughs> Everyone. I'm, I just, I, I'm not even exaggerating. I, that was my least favorite part of youth ministry was the cheesy dumb games that somehow our church culture drills into our heads that this is necessary. I didn't learn that at my PBA, you know, with my degree from PBA that these are necessary aspects of youth ministry, but apparently they are. So, I mean, anytime we had something spicy, like I went to, so South Florida, you know, really, really culturally rich kind of place. Uh, I went to this small uh, Jamaican shop and, uh, I, I don't even know how I found it, but they have a scotch bonnet pepper and okay. uh, it's not your Carolina Reaper, whatever. It's not, you know, 10 bazillion on the Scoville unit, but it's, it's up there. It's not, it's unnatural. Let's just say it's not Tabasco, <laughs> right? Tabasco. That's a nice heat. Uh, scotch bonnet raw with the flesh on the inside and the seeds that should not be consumed by anyone. And uh, we did that. So, okay. <laughs> no, you did it, or you had kids consume it. I, I look. I listen. I, I am in it with them. So if they, if they do it, <laughs> I gotta do it too. If they're drinking the happy meal in a blender, I'm, I'm taking a sip as well. I'm just rude if I don't do that. Well, listen, man, there's two different types of youth pastors out there, right? There's the ones who fall on the sword to entertain the kids, and then there's, and then there's the ones who they make a spectacle of the kids uh, for the other kids. And when it came to eating things, that was me. When it came to pain, I was willing to be the one that took that took the the hit. Quite literally shot with a paintball gun over hero. and over again. You just are a hero, shot, sir. Right? 
Um, but when it came to eating gross things, nope, that got passed off to anybody else other than me. Absolutely. I can't imagine the pepper or the blended. We blended a Subway meal once, uh, and I was like in, in absolute refusal. Pepsi I was not. All. Well, I had a I had a youth pastor buddy of mine who was at a different campus, and we were just we're best friends, but also at constant competition with each other. So it was, are you going to do it? All right, I'm going to do it. Are you going to record it? Yeah, then I will too. And that was like, we would just share that kind of stuff, you know? So. Yeah. Well, the type of things that you get into in youth ministry are 100% unique in our world. Uh, and, uh, you know, I th <laughs> there's some there's some great, like, YouTubers and TikTokers out there that just literally talk about the crazy crap that's happened during youth ministry. Um, but we're not here exclusively for that. So one of the things that we really do want to hear, though, is so uh, what I'm hearing is was in youth ministry. I saw the need. Right. I saw yeah. that the world of gaming, but beyond gaming. Right. The world of Twitch, the world of live streaming. Right. Had built yeah. influence to an exponential proportion. Right. Just humongous in the lives of the next generation. I remember the first time I saw someone dressed as ninja for a Halloween costume in my community, right? And it was just right. like, okay, got the blue hair and the and the headband and the whole deal. So then the question becomes, okay, you, you've seen it. What the heck do you do about it, right? Because I think that anyone who's in the gaming industry and in the gaming community understands and recognizes the influence that large streamers, content creators, YouTubers have. My wife was a middle school teacher. If she asked the kids, what do you want to be when she grew up? Six out of 10 kids wanted to be a YouTuber, right? Like that, just the nature. It has that type yeah. of influence. So tell us about the calling portion because something happened that moved you from I'm playing Fortnite with these teenagers to I'm esports director, video game streamer, content creator, all of those sorts of things. Right. So tell us about the process of calling. And by the way, Huge props because I also have two little girls. Um, so I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. And so I understand going through all of this while also having a family to support and children to support and all the risk and everything that goes along with that. So tell us a little about the calling and, and how that happened with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, props to Girl Dad Life. I uh, So, man, I I found myself in you know in the midst of of covid right and so multi-site church um and and really slightly afraid because there was some communication sent out like hey we're we're in this position pandemic uh finances and and, and they didn't say anything but said a lot without saying anything right i think a lot of churches did it was a scary time um and i really just looked at myself and the position that i was in um i was in like not that I, I won't go into it too much, but not that I wasn't valuable, but the position I was in could be, you know, they could have gotten rid of it, you know, that, and that's what sure. I was feeling. So I said, well, how do I show my worth? How do I show my value? Um, so I created a small gaming ministry or basically just a community around gaming um, during the pandemic. And ultimately what happened after all now, of were that- were you a gamer before this? Oh uh, like yeah, I had always- Part of your life growing up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I went on one little hiatus um, in my life. And then I realized, what am I doing? I am just losing who I am. This is who I am. So don't be someone who you're not mm. and pretend that if you like gaming, you shouldn't play, you shouldn't game anyway. Um, so I, uh, I, I, 
I ended up creating this gaming ministry through the pandemic. And actually what I saw, a lot of them consisted of my students. One of the, one of the metrics that the church was tracking was what's the rate of return, right? So how many people attended before the pandemic? How many people are after? What's that percentage? And we saw, we saw our rate of return was the highest of any campus by a long shot. And I think a lot of that was because I I just saw the opportunity to use some of the gifts. And I'm not a gifted Fortnite player, so I say gift lightly. But just the fact that I saw this opportunity and uh, and it had a lot of students return, right? So again, that just kept the engine churning uh, in the direction of, hey, there's something here. I don't know what it is. In all of that, I had a lot of parents asking questions and wondering what's going on. Tell me about gaming. How do I, you know, how do I parent through? And I'm like just throwing out answers and hoping that they stick. But um, again, saw more of the need. There's there's a there's a parent crisis in the church uh, trying to understand how to parent a gamer. Is that is that okay? Someone tell me. Is that good or bad or is it neutral? Right. So don't you love it when you're in youth ministry and you don't have teenagers of your own and you never have and there's parents with teenagers that are like, what what should I do? And you're like, why are you asking me this question? I was a teenager <laughs> five years ago, and you're asking yeah. me like. <laughs> Why are you asking me right now? Like I'm the expert. You realize they trained me for nothing in college, right? Like <laughs> I was completely unprepared. Yeah, for this. I read my Bible okay, I'm sorry. in grade. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but here I'll tell you an answer. You know, we make always make it up on the fly, and it sounds pretty good. Don't know if it works. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I had all these questions again, just really really emphasizing that there is a need out there and I don't know what it is. I don't know how to fill it, but I got to figure something out. So that's where we came to this, this crossroad. I had initiated some conversations like, Hey, there's something here. I said, you know, talking to some of the leadership in my church, Hey, let's do something about it. And it, and, and what ultimately what it boiled down to, and it wasn't like, I don't want to bash my church. It wasn't that they weren't open to, uh, something out there. It was a, they didn't know how much to resource it. If it was something mm. that was worth a full-time salary plus benefits and, you know, what are we doing? We buying this guy a gaming PC and letting him stream. They just didn't, it just didn't get it. It's a highly successful church. So this was very far outside of the, uh, the, the, the scope that they had built, right? Wasn't their biggest priority understood completely, but I couldn't, I couldn't live with that burden on, undealt with. Um, and so, uh, stepped off team and, uh, ultimately started something. And it, it started with a, like, let's, let's do video game reviews for parents and let's help them, uh, you know, help them understand the games that their kids are playing. And I started that and it was very much ineffective. Um, uh, I said, mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I, you know, I started researching around the field, the area and said, well, there's some other people who are gaming missionaries and pastors and ministers and leaders and so on. Like, can we create some sort of network for them? And so I created video game pastors and I was like, you know, you can be a pastor. And I was like, well, what does that even do? Like, how do we, how do I, I mean, let's be blunt. Like I got to feed my family. I didn't have a job. How do I make money off of that? Well, sure. Yeah, it's a absolutely. network. Can I, was everyone going to pay into it? No, they don't want to pay into that. Okay. Which I'm glad you just said that because I think as we're talking through this, that's the question that immediately comes to people's minds. It's like, because it's the one who came to my mind because I immediately just thought, 
okay, maybe maybe Jared is independently wealthy or maybe his wife has a really freaking killer job and so, you know, they don't need uh, they don't need his source of income. So that's exactly where my brain went as someone who's, you know, considered this went down this path. So, yeah, I I'm I'm glad that you're talking about that. The financial side of things is yeah. really important. Uh I'll go ahead and make that disclaimer. Not in any way indiv- indiv- would you say independently wealthy? Um yeah. and my wife is amazing. She has her master's, but we actually decide as a family that she's going to step away from work for a season to take care of the kids. So, sure, you know, we are both were jobless. So, um, what I what I was doing were these uh, uh, Bible studies through Minecraft, and I I I started to I started to think through. Well, how could we how could we find a way to take this Bible study and offer it to a an institution of some sort that might want to take that up. All the while, I was watching a friend of mine. This is probably my biggest influence. A friend of mine, Aaron Deloach, he was a pastor, uh, one of my pastors for a while. Um, he is a soccer missionary. He started a club called Impact City FC. That ha- It's a private Christian soccer club that uh, competes across the state and country. They have 10 different, 10 different hubs uh, across the country. And they win tournaments. They do phenomenally, right? And it's all a, it's all it's all Christian, right? They pray before games. They talk leadership lessons. They share Bible stories and prayer requests and all the above. So I'm like, that's brilliant. That's awesome. How do I do that with video games? And sure. uh, he would oftentimes give me a call and say, Hey, Jared, do you need an opportunity? Yes, please, please. Um, and I, I would go run an after school program. And so I thought, why couldn't I run an after school program? And so that was the beginning of video game ministries was running after school programs to Christian schools who would take that. And the way that works, after school program is a paid thing. So a kid pays X amount of dollars and then there's a split between the school and the uh, the school and the the you know provider, after school program provider. That's brilliant. So, so that's what that's what I did. And I ran those uh, uh, across a couple different counties. And that was the beginning of trying to understand how I can take an idea, a desire, a calling, but also monetize it outside of markets that are exhausted. I mean, good luck. I, I would love for so many Christians to be massive YouTubers and, and Twitch streamers. I mean, it's a tough market right now. The people who made it big, like they 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 hit the wave at the right time. It's it's crowded. So what what then do you do? How do you do this? So that's that's where after school programs came up. We started running events. Uh, I started reaching out to all different churches to say, hey, I have this really great idea that brings in students uh, who wouldn't normally come to your youth group, an evangelical uh, a gaming tournament, whatever night. Let's throw a big prize we can pull together and and make it awesome. And we've done that a couple of times, and that's been that's been phenomenal, right? Um, so those were like the initial two ways that uh, that that we started to kind of get the ball rolling that way. Um, then because of that, again, I'm I'm picking up side jobs. I'm delivering mattresses with a buddy. And I've I've got some experience in the <laughs> kitchen. Uh, have my food license, serve safe food license. So buddy hit me up and said, Hey, we're doing this camp. You did this for the church. Um, I'm at a new church. Can you do the same food thing that you did there? Great. Yeah. How many students? 300. So ended up at Palm Beach Atlantic University and in one of their halls, one of their, like their freshman dorm. And I looked over and I saw that they had built a gaming arena. And I just asked the question, 
hey, what's the deal here? And he got anyone? Sure. Uh, and if it, they they didn't they didn't have anyone, and so uh, uh, the next week or the following week, uh, had a conversation with the athletic director, and a couple months later, landed the uh, director of esports at Palm Beach Atlantic. So building that program into something significant, right? So again, just all the all the while finding what are the ways with a taking the the field of interest and never saying no right like i i just i don't want to pigeon my pigeonhole myself into just one thing streaming no i'm i'm not good enough at video games to be you know a phenomenal streamer at least when it comes to content on the screen i think i'm funny enough and i got the personality but that's about it that only takes you so far if you're not good at the game people aren't going to watch so what are ways that so anyway all that being said finding those little niches within the field um, of esports, of gaming, uh, has been the way that we've been able to kind of keep this whole video game ministries thing alive. You know, I think there's some stuff in that, Jared, that's just so vital and important. Um, specifically, because I think some of the people who are likely listening to this, right, they're looking at, at some of the people that they're seeing on Twitch who are Christians and who made it, right? And so, you know, they're looking at the Susies of the mm -hmm. world or they're looking at the Akis of the world or looking at whomever. And they're saying like, okay, I want to go do that, right? And the, I think the truth is, is that when we, the hard part about when we see how something is done is it frequently eliminates a lot of other options of how we could do it, right? right. And and what I love about your story is um, the willingness just to say yes and to walk through open doors has led you to something that, in my opinion, is really unique. Now, I know there's a couple other people in the space who are doing sort of like esports coaching or building programs. I know there's a couple other people in the space who are trying to work with schools, you know, to help them develop esports programs in high schools and things. But that isn't common. Um, but I think there's a need, right? The more that you um, like the more that gaming grows and the more that school districts specifically recognize it, the more that higher education begins to offer scholarships for gaming because of collegiate level esports programs. Um, I think that there's some unique challenges to that in comparison to things like football. But I also think that there's this really unique opportunity and a void where you got a lot of administration inside of local schools who are sitting around saying, I know that this is important, but sure as heck know that we have nobody here who knows how to do it. And I right. have no clue how to do it. And so they're looking for people or would be interested in starting a program that they know their kids would want to participate in if they had somebody to help run it and help set it up. And so your ability to step into some of those programs, I think, is really, really cool. And it, it seems like inroads that could produce a model, right? It could produce a right. model that other people theoretically could follow in. It oh. opens up new opportunities and doors. Absolutely. Yeah. You, I mean, it's, it's the, uh, I think so many people are hit with this TikTok era of learning everything on TikTok and reels and shorts and so on that are, I think, sharing a decent message of how this particular individual made it and that you should, you know, follow your dreams. That's all great and all. And I don't have a problem with that, but what what you're seeing is the is the completed and final picture that's on TikTok, on YouTube, on whatever. What you're not seeing is the amount of effort, right? So like just for example, um, I, I don't know how to work YouTube 
algorithms. I don't know. I don't care to know. It's just too much for my brain right now. Um, but somehow on a very difficult platform, we've achieved, I think, 720 subscribers. Okay, great. I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that I'm ninja out of, out of nowhere, but I think that's something that I'm pretty proud of uh, for, for really being consistent on YouTube for seven months. So how though? Like, I didn't, I didn't just sit there and stream and play video games all day. I actually went the, cause I think in that there is a level of selfishness that you've got to wrestle with when it comes to choosing a career path and choosing a life calling that is so closely knit to something that you enjoy so much, right? I think there's a wrestling Bingo. that you've got to have and say, am I doing this for me? Am I, is this my excuse to play video games every single day? Or am I actually doing it with a genuine interest of, of reaching people, of getting people saved, uh, uh, discipling people on a platform that needs it? And sure, you get to play video games. That's great. It, it, two things can be true at the same time. But I, I've spoken at more chapels than I can count at Christian schools. I've, I've went to, to camps and spoke at uh, uh, uh spoke at like parent talks and, and all of that. I've done everything possible and let them know, hey, check out our YouTube. We do this 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 devotional and, and hang out every single day of the week for two hours from seven to nine. I was a vendor at a, at a, a Christian FM. It's a local radio station here. I was a vendor at their back to school bash, hosting a, a table and letting them know we're doing a Fortnite tournament tonight. And that's it, kept it simple, right? But I'm not I, I'm not hoping that YouTube suddenly points people in my favor. I'm going out and getting my own following and getting my own subscription because ultimately I'm just I know that in my work and doing that, I'm just gonna point them to Jesus. And so mm. I think there's a huge thing to be said about when you're looking to get into this space, wrestle with your intentions. You have to wrestle with Absolutely. them so insanely hard. You've got to be brutal with yourself and ask yourself, not the 90% that sounds pretty. You've got to wrestle with that 10% that you're keeping down. Like, oh, I can say that this sounds good. Yep. I'm doing this. I'm reaching these people. I'm going to this ministry. I'm going to this missions field that's super wide open and use all the stats and the data. But that's the 90% that you show everyone. Ask yourself about the 10, that 10% that's saying, I just get to play video right wrestle with that and then <laughs> well you know and i think that dividing that and and i think that's a really important piece of the conversation around calling what i like about your story of calling is it you know it wasn't like a divine light open up from heaven and you were blinded on the way to damascus right it was just like i see a need and a need is enough for a calling and so i'm going to do what i can to be able to reach and to meet the need that i see i want to be able to reach that and then from there, it was just like, okay, God, I'm going to walk through whatever doors it is that you open up for me. I think that's really powerful. I think it's it's really important. And then I also think that piece of advice around wrestling with your intentions is really good. Um, because I just want to be clear, you won't make it in this space lying to yourself. Um, you, just, you just won't. Like it's too... Um, the process of pioneering, which is, which is what we're talking about here, really, where yeah. we're doing something new, fresh, very similar story... I was working for a great church during the pandemic. We spent thousands of thousands of dollars on a green room at the building, but not enough money to be able to continue the live stream that we were doing on Facebook mm. just to pray for people during the pandemic. It was very clear that we just didn't understand the direction, right? And it wasn't anything against them. 
it wasn't what they were intended to do. And so what I love about what you're saying here was, you know, when God said to me, go plant this church, my gut reaction was this is heretical and I'm only thinking about it because Mark just wants to spend more time playing video games. That was where I started. And it was through the process that God let me know, no, I've made you not only a lover of the church and also a builder of the church, but I've also made you a gamer. Like I've crafted you as such. And that's the way that I wired you and that that's okay. It's okay to be wired as a gamer. There's nothing wrong with that, but you do have to sort through your intentions. Like, why are you doing this? Why are you considering it? Because if it's just because you love, if, if you can't love making disciples more than playing video games, this is going to be very frustrating Mm -hmm. Um, because you just see the tip of the iceberg. Exactly right. Like I tell people all the time, I had more time to play video games before I started playing it before I started a video game church, like a church for gamers. It was far easier to play video games beforehand. Um, You know, I tell people will comment like, well, I really want to stream. Like, is that part of the job? And I'm like, sure. If you consider my 50 to 56th hour of work this week, part of the job then yes, my streaming is part of my job. But if you think that my job ended at 40 hours and everything else is overtime and bonus time, then no, streaming has never fit into the job. Streaming is just what I, is still continues to be for a couple hours a week, what I do on the side to connect with our community and to love on people. Yep. And so I think that all of those things are really, really helpful for people who are looking to count the cost. Um, Now, I I would love to know this is is we're, we're, you know, kind of landing or getting ready to land the plane a little bit. Um, tell me about what you would tell you how how long ago was what 2020. So have you been doing this for two and a half years, ballpark, three years, something like that? Uh, last January. (laughs) So to what? Okay. So a year and a half. So year and a half. Yeah. Okay. So, but here's the thing, believe it or not, a year and a half is a tremendous amount of longevity in this space, right? Like the average lifespan of a youth pastor, a decade and a half ago, it was like 18 months, right? Yeah. And so the, the, and the average lifespan of people who are doing what you're doing right now is shorter, right? It's pretty short. Most people are kind of flash the pan. So a year and a half, believe it or not, you're, you're becoming a grizzled veteran already. Um, so, so, so you like learn some stuff. Uh, I feel like, well, you know, if you have two young children and you've done this with two young kids in the house, <laughs> let me tell you, grizzled veteran indeed. Um, so tell me what you would tell yourself a year and a half ago. We're talking January of 2022. You're stepping away from a paid position mm-hmm. and you were worried about losing the position just two years before that. Right. <laughs> so right. now you're stepping out of it willingly, trying to figure out what's next for your family. You know that some calling into gaming ministry is part of that. What would you tell yourself then that you know now? Yeah, I think uh, I've got I've got two spiritually, I actually, I would go back and say, I wish I would have wrestled with those intentions more. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there were way, there were way too many times I used as an excuse to play video games. That was super lazy and selfish. Like I just, I'll be real and blunt. Um, I, I wish I would have wrestled with those intentions. It's so important. Like now um, I don't even consider myself like, I don't, I don't play video games anymore. Like weirdly enough, like I do, obviously I do. Like let's let's make a distinction. I pretty much stream video games, but I've even I've continued to wrestle with those intentions as I've consistently streamed because when it comes to Fortnite, I I have a what's called a creator code, so I don't I don't even play squads. That's all I want to do. I just want to go out and you know win a battle royale. That's what I want to do. 
But now I've been encouraged by, I had an intern this summer and he just kept encouraging, um, Jared, you got to do more for the community. Um, so basically all these things that like a Nick A30 does, all these different, what they call fashion shows and hide and seeks and all this stuff that drives and got drives engagement, drives viewers. You've got to think of them. And I, this, this 16 year old intern of mine, uh, was smarter than me. And I said, okay, I will do that. And so our engagement and viewership has been up. So again, just continually wrestling with those intentions, um, and then I and then I would go back and say I wish I just looked into esports sooner. Um, mm. I had this, and and I guess to be fair to myself, you know, I'm going back, but you know, I'm fair to myself. Um, I think I had very much like this this ministry mindset, and not that I don't, but I had this. Here's what I want to do. Here's the impression that I want to leave. But when you look at when you look at marketing and when you look at starting something. You need to you need to be doing what the market wants, what people want, right? So a lot of the things that I started doing, it wasn't necessarily what people want and what wanted. It wasn't shaped the right way. And so as I got into more using the word and creating programs and opportunities around esports, that's when things really started to pick up because that's the that's the tagline right now for any school. Um, well, mostly schools, but for a lot of schools, esports is it. So, phrasing and shaping things around esports—that's what people want, um, and those are then the opportunities to be able to take the heart and culture of video game ministries and just create something uniquely Christian in the esports space. So, I just mm -hmm. wish I had the word esports on my mind sooner. No, that's awesome advice. And uh, in that first piece about about intentions and, and what you shared there is really good. You know, I think um, a lot of people don't realize that one of the things that they will have to put on the altar when they step into this is gaming. Like when, when you step into this, God isn't just calling you into gaming. He's asking you for it. Hmm. And most of us who are getting into it, we got into it because we love gaming. Right. And what we what you don't realize is that when you so I played I played games to get away from people. I did ministry all day and I came home. Yep. I just wanted to shoot at people or adventure and I didn't want to talk to anyone. Um, I didn't want to use it to connect with anybody. I had no interest in it. It was my disconnect. And that's why I loved gaming. Yep. And when I got into starting Lux, I realized that I had to actually put my love of gaming on the altar and I had to give it to the Lord because there was stuff that I had to do with gaming that I never wanted to do. Like I, right. uh, you know, and, and then streaming had to go on the altar and it was like, why am I even doing this? You know, yeah. what does that look like for me? What purpose does it fill? Um, am I just here so I can pray for people? Am I discipling people? Am I connecting with people who aren't believers? God, I want you to take this thing that I thought I was kind of getting into this for, cause I thought it would be fun and an enjoyable part of my job. God, now you can have it. And suddenly I was streaming less than ever. Um, because God did something new with it. And so it, I, I think it's a I think it's a really good warning, Jared, that you give there of people who are thinking about getting into this space. Like be aware if God's calling you into it, he is calling you to give it up. And, yeah. and you have to put it in his in his hands and for his purposes. From that on, it's no longer yours. And I think a lot of us as gamers, we've kept gaming on the side of our faith and intentionally disconnected from it yep. because we haven't wanted to surrender it. Mm -hmm. um, and stepping into a gaming ministry does not mean that you get to keep it. It means that you have to get rid of it. Um, 
or let it be used for something new. Right. And it, it ultimately when that's when the ministry and the community, I believe, starts to develop and build because you start looking at your chat differently. Every username that comes in is humanized because they're, you know, let's say they're an annoying seven-year-old little boy who is on your chat and just being annoying. You don't look at him as someone getting in the way of your gaming. You look at him as an opportunity to invite him into a community. Um, when you have the wrong intentions, you're like, you're getting in the way of my gaming. I'm here to play. I'm just, I just happen to be streaming it. And it's a very selfish mentality. But when you have a ministry community focused mindset, you start to look at, I don't even want to use his name. I have one that is in my mind right now. Sure, we but all you, do, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you, you look at him and say, man, I am so glad you're here. And you think to yourself, even though you're super annoying, but then what you say is, I'm so glad you're here. You were so loved by Jesus. I want you to know that. And every time you're here, I'm going to tell you that until you until you internalize it and you start living your life accordingly. Um, so that's intentions matter so much. Yeah, absolutely. And there is some and there is some gold there in the end uh, with, the state, with the statement with the seven year old boy that we could dig into. Um I think that a lot of times when God gives a vision or something, I, I asked a, a friend of mine when we were talking about church planting and stuff, mm -hmm. how do you know that you're called to plant a church? And he said, if you're called to plant a church, God will give you a vision for his church. And what I have found to be the case is when, when you are called into a ministry, God frequently gives you a person, mm -hmm. right? And, and everything that you do begins to get funneled through that person to a certain extent and maybe there'll be a couple of people right sure. maybe there'll be a couple of people but you know you've written messages and stuff i'm sure that as you're writing a message you're like yep this whole part is for sam right here like right. i know i'm thinking about sam here i know but i know that as i narrow this in right and it hits sam it also hits a dozen other people in the room right. who are dealing with what sam is dealing with Yep. And uh, I love that. And the whole call of seeing people behind the screen name and recognizing that people have unique stories and personalities and spiritual journeys, hangups and hurts and all of those things that go beyond the screen name and begin to recognize screen names, not as just a disembodied set of words and, and a picture, yep. but to begin recognizing people as genuine children of God who are behind those keyboards, behind those microphones and cameras. That's right and that you have this opportunity to genuinely interact with them. It's a God-given opportunity. It's a beautiful thing Absolutely. Um, as long as we begin viewing people that way. I love that. Okay, well, Jared, let me ask you this. How could people get connected to what you're doing and maybe explore it a little bit more or even just come and learn from you? Because I do think there's going to be people in the space. They're like, ah, never thought of an after-school program, never thought of esports. Never. How do I do that? There's going to be people who will want to follow in some of the footsteps that you're laying down and areas that you're pioneering so where can people connect with you and, and find out what you're doing? I mean, I've given my cell phone, but that feels a little off. I, I would love to connect with anyone who wants to know. Um, you can add me on, uh, you can join Video Game Ministries YouTube and, you know, we can connect offline. I think my email's up there, jaredstewart at videogameministries.com. Uh, videogameministries.com is our website. So there's some forms. We've got some tinkering to go on there, but uh, there's some forms you can fill out. I'll be able to connect with you from there. Um, I didn't even get to our partnership with the city that I'm in and esports program that we're going to be running that are secular, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm having people in the church run those. So getting churches in the city, right? So like th there's a lot of ways that uh, we have figured out and are, are still learning and growing in that you could easily 
bring to your city and your area of residence that will help to support what you then want to do on Twitch and YouTube. But Video Game Ministries, Jared Stewart or Jared M. Stewart on Instagram. Uh, find me. I'd love to. I'd love to spend time talking with you and helping you get set up with some new ways to look at your calling. Awesome. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the link for Video Game Ministries uh, and put it in the description of this episode. So if you're like, hey, I'd really like to learn more about what Jared has done and how God has led him and how he ended up doing what he's doing, um, you get a chance to visit the website and then reach out to him. Um, but uh, yeah, hey, for us at NCMU, Jared, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. It was truly eye-opening and I, uh, what has been probably one of the most interesting things about doing this show has been so many of the guests have echoed the same exact things um, and have had very similar parts in the story, right? God moved all of our hearts at about the same time, 2019, 2020. God launched us in different directions, but all with a very similar heart. We all came to very similar realizations. That has been a really cool thing for me. It's just another confirmation that the Holy Spirit's in it because the Holy Spirit Amen. speaks in unity and not in division. And so really, really cool. So thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and if you're listening to this and you would like to hear and meet some of the people that we've already talked to on this show, make sure you come out to Nerd Culture Ministry Summit. That's going to be happening in uh, November 8th through the 10th in Marble Falls, Texas. You can go to ncmsummit.com to check it out and buy your ticket. I think that there's like early bird pricing until the end of August, uh, theoretically, and then there's like a plus one feature. So if you come and you buy a ticket, you get to bring somebody else with you. So you get two for the price of one for that ticket. Um, there's going to be a lot of really awesome organizations like Glue and Right Now Media and Stadia and uh, New Thing and Expo who are going to be part of it and have chosen to sponsor it. So there's some really awesome organizations. But then there's also some incredible content creators, digital missionaries, digital church leaders, and then some incredible community members who have just decided to purchase a ticket and fly on out and hang out with us. So we'd love for you to come join us in Marble Falls this November for Nerd Culture Ministry Summit. Visit ncmsummit.com. Grab your ticket today and come hang out with us in Marble Falls. And then do me a favor, hit me up and let me know. We actually do have a Discord that's kind of open now as well. So NCMC Discord um, is open up. That's the Nerd Culture Ministry Collective. You can grab a link for that in the description of this episode as well. So if you're going to connect to any of these folks, head over to that Discord server and join us over there. It's a pretty small, tight group, so we'd love to have you come and hang out with us. Um, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening, and be sure to come back uh, for the next episode when I think I'm going to be joined by Bubba as my new co-host uh, and a new guest. Thanks for listening. See you next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to the NCMU podcast. I just want to remind you to check out our Discord uh, at the NCMC Nerd Culture Ministry Collective Discord. The link for that is in the description of this episode. Feel free to come over and join us there. We're going to be opening up networks in the coming months, and we're doing a lot of preparation for NCMS. That's the Nerd Culture Ministry Summit in Marble Falls, Texas this November. So if you're listening to this before November of 2023, go to ncmsummit.com and register right now for the Nerd Culture Ministry Summit. You get to meet up with a lot of the amazing people who have already been on this show and the people who'll be on the show in the future. Thank you for tuning into this episode. Make sure you leave a rating and review wherever you listen to the show so that other people can find it who are of like mind. And uh, be sure to come back for the next episode.